One of the biggest questions we've had about the Steelers has been about Kenny Pickett and whether he can call audibles at the line of scrimmage. Well, Mike Tomlin was asked about that on his on his Tuesday press conference. We'll talk about that here and a lot more today on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We've got Wes Euler from Steeler Nation Radio. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today, as I said, we are rejoined by our man. It's Wednesday, so we got some Wes Euler back on the show from Steel Nation Radio. Wes, how you doing? What's up, CC? I'm jacked up to be back. I'm excited to be back uh, with you here on Locked On. Love the intro music, right? Missed the intro music. Missed uh, seeing your beautiful face here. I like this nice new format, too, you got going on. I tell you what, it's good to be back. It's absolutely good to be back. I want to start off talking about the offense, uh, which is still the big point for this. For this, Everyone's waiting for this offense to grow into something. And we talked about it a little bit on Tuesday with Alan Saunders. We did see growth in the right direction, whether you think it's Matt Canada, can he pick an offense line, whatever. I want to focus on a few things here. First, I want to play a clip from Mike Tomlin that he talked about the offense in general and and, and how they're making they're making progress forward. Here was Mike Tomlin during his Tuesday press conference with this comment. Open it up for questions. Mike, uh, what does it do for the offense and it maybe in for Kenny in particular when you have him rolling like you did the other? You know, that's what we desire to do anyway. Um, sometimes there's less of it when we're not gaining enough fluidity to to put snaps together. You know, and that's some of the diversity I think that gets lost sometimes when you're not converting third downs or you're not moving the ball. Um, sometimes you guys ask about snap distribution for runners, for an example. Hey, can we see more of 30? Well, not if we have 15 snaps in the first five possessions because we're not converting third downs. It's the same thing with, with play concept variation. Um, the, the more success you have, the more you're controlling the game scenarios, the more you're on schedule, the more possession downs, you win the more concept diversity you have and you see pocket movement and play action and misdirection passes and screen game and quick game and all the things that that really do a good job of keeping defenses off balance. And so I know there were some questions about pocket movement um, and an increased usage there, but it's really just about more snaps um, in all of those discussions, whether it's concept variation or or player usage. Which allows you to get more into the playbook. Exactly. So a, a very important thing here that Mike Tomlin talks about that I think is very essential to this conversation about play calls and why are things so basic is something we have said on this show for weeks, even years, going back to the years before. You cannot get into any complex plays or any plays that can trick defenses uh, in your playbook, get further into your playbook, if you aren't executing the basic parts of your playbook. And that's what Mike Tomlin's saying right there. You know, he does, he did fully acknowledge earlier in his, in, in even his opening statements that, hey, we did a little bit better of a, uh, of having a thorough, a more thorough game plan. And that's, and he puts that on coaching. But I think that is a straight up acknowledgement that's like, look, 
yes, there's certain things that you saw different in this game that were a little bit more advanced, but it's not because of any reports about my, you know, Matt Canada being closer with Kenny Pickett or anything <laughs> like that. It's not about, you know, a magic wand. It's about strictly as like, hey, you executed on certain things, which allows you to do other things because when the defense sees you put on tape positive plays that you're able to do that are kind of basic and taking what's there, that forces them to respond and then you can counteract that. Yeah, you, you, you just never want to be predictable, right? right. And um, at times last season, the Steelers were predictable. At times in those first two weeks on offense, the Steelers were predictable. And they certainly started doing a much better job of that Sunday night out in Las Vegas, Chris. And, uh, I mean, the, the next step of that, too, now is to be able to run the football better. I mean, just point blank, period. Absolutely. You have not run the – you know, you mentioned kind of what you do well as an offense – we heard all off season from the players, from the coaches, they made no bones about that, that we were going to be able to run the football. We were going to be a running football team who was going to assert our will at the line of scrimmage, control games that way, and use our talent at wide receivers to let Kenny hit some, some shots downfield off of that success. When you start to see them improving on offense on Sunday night, still with the run game struggling, like that's kind of one of those glass half empty, glass half full things. You can look at it as a glass half full and say, all right, the offense now is starting to hit some more chunk plays downfield. Back-to-back games with touchdown passes of over 70 mm-hmm. yards. The mm-hmm. offense is doing a better job of putting drives together, right? Uh, Kenny with two touchdown passes for the first time in, his, in a game in his young NFL career. But the final infinity stone of that, Chris, you and I are dorks, <laughs> right? Use a Thanos, use a, a Marvel. We are, we are superhero a, a, a Marvel <laughs> reference is you got to be able to run the football. All this talk about being, you know, multidimensional on offense, about not being predictable, about letting Kenny do more inaudible, you know, in the sense of at the line of scrimmage. To finally kind of reach that last step, you got to be able to run the football consistently. You got to be able to wear teams down in that regard. And you got to be able to make them respect your run game, which right now they aren't necessarily doing. In a weird way, you're getting a little bit more respect for your run game when Jalen Warren's out on the field, right? Mm. But when Najee is out there, man, they you're you're a little bit limited in the possibilities that you have. Um, and they're starting teams are starting to walk guys down to the line of scrimmage. You, you've been seeing it, and so for me. Good returns early, but yeah, if you want to, if you really want to not be predictable, if you want to keep defenses on their toes, if you again want to be multi-dimensional, before we talk about you know a lot of Kenny Pickett, more freedom at the line of scrimmage, all this stuff, you got to be able to run the football better than you have through three weeks, point blank period. Absolutely. Absolutely. And part of it you got into there was Kenny Pickett and and the chance for audibles at the line of scrimmage because the Steelers have been running into a lot of stacked fronts. And that's a situation where, hey, like it's and it's a legitimate question on tape coaching wise. It's like, why can't you guys? get out of certain plays when you see the, the Raiders just have nine guys and they are saying, please run it right at us. We're waiting for you to, to, to run it right at us. Like, 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 let's go. And then you run it right at them and then they win the play because that's what, exactly what they're looking for. And it was a legitimate question. Do the Steelers have audibles there? Because there's times that it doesn't, there's, there is no audible that comes on the field. And it's a question of, is the audible available to Kenny Pickett or is Kenny Pickett not making the calls? Here was Mike Tomlin when he was asked about that question. And I thought his answer shed some light on the situation. There were instances where Oakland or excuse me, Vegas looked like they were putting the five down linemen uh, up front, much like Cleveland did Monday night, and you guys still ran into those fronts. How much latitude does Kenny have to make a change there? You know, it depends on week to week. Um, you know, why would we have Kenny do it when we know there's five down linemen in the game? So it's not a player decision. Um, it's a coaching decision. Um, you see the defensive personnel that comes onto the field as, you, as you're making calls, and so... Um, different different plans week to week about whether we choose to run pass check or run run check or 
or just too runny, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but I promise you, it's not haphazard. There's always an agenda there. So I, I think right there, that was an indictment on the Steelers coaching staff and even Matt Canada by saying we're a little too runny right there. He's saying, you know, sometimes because what he's talking about there with the checks means when the Steelers come out in a formation and they see different different things, there are certain plays they have practice to say, hey, this was the first call that we're coming out here. But we have two other calls behind us that we that we can switch to out of this formation that will allow us to adjust to what they're calling mm-hmm. and or, or where where they're lined up. And in some cases, it's multiple runs that you checked into some. Some days there's multiple passes, or some days there's a run and a pass based on different fits. And it seems like what Mike Tomlin's saying is that in some of those cases, they're having too many run plays and not enough pass plays available in those in those switching moments. And I think that's what he's getting at there. And that to me, that now if you want to play calling and play structure, I think there's a lot of people that try to pretend to be gurus and say, oh, this wasn't a good play call when there was a wide receiver streaking down the field. Sure, yeah, you're not in the huddle either. You don't know exactly what was called. Yeah. Exactly. I think those are situations. But when Mike Tomlin says this, this right here to me is a legitimate criticism of Matt Canada and Steelers offensive play calling. What say you, Wes? I I am uh, picking up what you're putting down there for sure. I you know I I wonder how much of it is just a straight shot of you know Mike Tomlin thinking this is what we need to be doing more of. I wonder how much of it of it too is just a balance of them. <sighs> Let's be honest, knowing that they can lean on their defense and that they just want to minimize uh, mistakes and potential errors on offense. I, it's easy to forget, but that was Kenny Pickett's 16th start in the National Football League, right? So, I mean, he's just on that finishing up a rookie season timeline of what would That's normally be. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but maybe in their minds they still have the training wheels on a little bit in that regard because they're looking at what the defense has done, eight takeaways in three games, and they're saying, listen, as long as we protect the football on offense and just kind of stay on schedule, we're going to be fine. With what we can do on defense, we're going to be able to win games 23-18, to 18, right? We're going to be able to win games, was it 26-24, to 24, I think was the final, against the Browns. We don't need to score 35 points. If we can get into the 20s with what our defense has been doing, we're going to manage these games. We're going to keep, and I'm using air quotes, right, but the training wheels on the offense here. And he said, I, uh, yeah. I would be, I would be naive if I didn't think that that was potentially part of it as well, too, because we just, I mean, that's what the Steelers for two years, that's what they've wanted to do is lean on that defense and just do enough on offense. Absolutely. I want to keep talking about this and the offensive line with Wes Euler here from Steeler Nation Radio. I'm Chris Carter here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. Stick with us. We still got a lot to talk about on today's show, whether it comes to predictability and performance. But before we do anything else, I want to remind you guys, this show is sponsored by eBay Motors. eBay, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting for the scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed fits for your roster. So with with so with this year go, going, we're going to talk about eBay's guaranteed fit and fantasy pick of the week. And this week, it's a Steeler, Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth got more involved with the Steelers' offense in Week Three than he did in all of Weeks One and Two combined. He had his second touchdown of the season, and it could be said he's building chemistry with Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett. That could be a perfect fantasy matchup for the Houston Texans on Sunday, who have given up an average of 10.2 fantasy points per game to tight ends. That includes 17 catches on 20 targets for 162 yards and a touchdown. Start Pat Frymuth for the best fit this week. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, you can you can get over 
over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shock struts, you name it ebay motors has it they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because ebay's guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what you need to work for your vehicle the first time so go forth switch gears and crank the ac and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go with ebay's guaranteed fit everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away for the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle just look for the green check get the right parts the right fit and the right prices at ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply we're back here on the locked on Steelers podcast I'm your host Chris Carter here with Wes Euler from Steeler Nation Radio Wes I want to finish up this point about the, the predictability of, the, of this offense I think part of what's what happens here, and I, I also want to shout out my other podcast I do with the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, the North Shore Drive podcast. I talk with Max Starks about this two time Super Bowl champion. Big Max, uh, yeah, a great guy, also on Steel Nation Radio all the time. Um, he does a great job breaking things down, and he had some really great insight on this as well. But he talked he talked to me about that on the for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Find it the same way you find this podcast. He talked to me about how it is so important to have plays that are your bread and butter, things that you can go to. And the Steelers still don't have that on offense, whether it's a power run, a zone run. You know, if you, if you want to imagine that in your head, you're like, what does that even look like, Chris? It was back in the 2010s with the with the Killer Bees era. It was when you saw Marquise Pouncey and and, Al, and David DeCastro rolling around as a double pull and defensive linemen saying, oh, crap, they're bringing that this way. And Le'Veon Bell's coming right behind them. And we can't stop that. They're getting at least six or eight yards. The Steelers don't have that in the arsenal, whether it's the passing game or the running game. Now, again, finding some success in the in the offense period on Sunday that was why it was so important and no one's saying the offense has figured it all out but they at least put out some positive plays there to build confidence and say hey if you can build on these things you can find something consistent in your offense it can scare defenses with hey we have to take away that one thing and when they start committing to take away one thing that allows you to counter with your game plan so that you can be the key word not as predictable it's what it's all about. And Chris, it sounds funny because this almost like this logic almost sounds against being, uh, you know, not predictable uh, against limiting your predictability. But the, the best team, the best offenses, I should say, not teams, the best offenses in the National Football League, man, they run like six plays just with a lot yeah. of variations off those. Absolutely. Plays. I mean, watch the Chiefs, watch the Bills, watch the Eagles. It's really like the same six concepts with just some different wrinkles or some motions or, or something to throw you off in there because that's what they do well, and you know that's what they do well, and come and stop us. I, I love the example that you use there of what the Steelers used to do with zone runs with what they had in pouncing to Castro on the line and obviously uh, Lev Bell in the backfield. It was like you knew it was coming, but pick your poison. If you yep. try and cut inside, we're going to bounce it outside. If you try mm -hmm. and come outside, Lev Bell's going to cut inside and make you look like a fool. If you try and play us straight up, you got to get through Pouncey and DeCastro before you have to try and tackle Lev Bell. Teams knew what they were doing. Come and stop us. We, we, we've got three options off this one play. We can go inside. We can go outside. We can come right at you. Bang, bender, bounce, right? You pick your poison, and we're going to make one of the other options work. That's what the best offenses in the NFL. Watch what they do with Mahomes. That's why it doesn't matter that they lose Tyreek Hill and they can still keep that thing humming, right? Watch what the Eagles have done over the last year and change with Jalen Hurts. 
so much of what they do is predictable in a way to mm -hmm. use air quotes. But, but come it's and also, stop it. But come and stop it. And if you try and come and stop it, and in, in, in option A, we've got B and C where we know we can still beat you and we can still make this same design work. It's a weird dichotomy, like I said, where it seems like it would almost work against each other in the way in ways. But a lot of times having simple bread and butter, like you said with Max, that you can very okay, we got we got bread and butter, we got garlic bread and butter, exactly. we got we got marinara sauce with, look, with look, bread look and, and butter, bring it. right? It, it all starts with the bread, but sometimes we get the garlic, sometimes we get the butter, sometimes we get the marinara sauce, right? Like, that is that is what the best offenses in the National Football League do. And again, I think a lot of us were maybe cautiously optimistic is the way to put it, but we're thinking that for the Steelers, that could be on the ground this year. It hasn't been through three games, and and certainly I think everyone is culpable in that regard. From, from the play calling to the offensive line to the guys in the backfield, um, they have they have got to figure that out because there's been encouragement on offense, but again, if if you want to get where you're ultimately trying to go, double digit wins, division title, playoffs, all all that type of thing, right? Um, you got to get this figured out sooner rather than later because it's the National Football League, and you give teams four, five, six weeks of film on you, and and they're gonna know defenses are are too good these days, coordinators are too good these days. You have got to have some bread and butter that you can hang your hat on and know that you can do well week in and week out, or eventually it's going to catch up to you. Absolutely. And talk, let's talk about that offensive line for a bit. And in fact, let's not talk about it. Let's let Mike Tomlin talk about it. I asked him about the, about, about the offensive line and what he's seen either in progress or in progress they need to make. Here was his evaluation on Tuesday. Mike, what are the uh, major components of the offensive line that you've seen are improving and still need to take? Uh, be, 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 be it, it's, it's everything. Um, to be quite honest with you, um, when you got new people, um, combination blocks and getting the feel of how you work well together. Um, and sometimes, man, practice is game-like, but it's not a game. The intensity of the penetration on double teams is different in a game setting than it is in a practice setting, for example. And so um, it's any and all areas, whether it's technical, whether it's communication, um, collective work, uh, possession down things and dealing with um, the myriad of trending structures. Um, we see three by one defensive front structure on possession downs, for an example. Well, we've seen it on third down three weeks in a row now. And so it's reasonable to expect us to, to block the concepts that come with that structure more fluidly with each passing week because of exposure. Um, just finished watching some Houston tape. They run three by one. Um, structure on passing down circumstances with their defensive front. So it'll be four weeks in a row we've seen that trending structure. And so it's reasonable to expect the collective to get better in, in situational ball because of repetitive trending things within the game. And it's also easy to expect individuals within it to get better in some of their one-on-one -on -one matchups because there's less questions about what's going on around them. And so um, I'm not you know, sidestepping your question. Uh, it's just a very real thing. We're getting better in all areas individually and collectively at, at this stage of the journey for a lot of reasons. Experience being gained, trending things in the National Football League that you see repetitive, three by one structure or five down linemen or what have you. Um, we're just getting better. Where did you see the improvements? So, so 
there was Mike Tom and Tom, I think. By the way, when I when he says three by one structure, I think he's talking about like a four down front where it's like a four three over, where it's like you got two d- defensive tackles lined mm-hmm. up uh, in in a gap and b gap, and you're trying to force double teams there so that your ends can can win a little bit more. So I think that's what he's saying. Defenses have been I trying to do to, yep. to, to yep. the Steelers. Uh, I have to say, I was unfamiliar with three by one structure. Yeah, I hadn't heard term. that either until earlier. Yeah, I was like, that was a new one on me. But uh, I talked to Alan Saunders about that. That's we kind of came together, and like that's what we think Mike Tomlin meant there. Uh, but I didn't want to hold the press conference with, with continuing to ask about that. But let's 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 talk about this with the offensive line. I, I agree. Like, there's there's they need to gel. It's not as simple as oh, they can just pick up from last year and just be as good as, as they were. It took them time to get better last year, and we've we've talked about it on our stars stars and skulls grades so far. Wes, you know, Dan Moore Jr. hasn't really looked good yet. Chooks a core for. I, I think that there he's been. I think this was one of his worst games. Uh, this last week against the Texans, as far as just keeping his technique. Uh, Isaac Sayamalo, I think, had his first like really good game for the Steelers. I thought he was kind of the anchor, but Mason Cole could continues to struggle james daniels i think is has been decent but not but not really good yet this year and i think that that all that adds up to struggles in the offensive line which get in the way of running the football like we're talking about this offense needs to do big time and i can kind of i can come down on either side of the equation here all right let me go with the 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 bad the my my um my pessimistic side if you will right my pessimistic side is i understand it takes time for offensive lines to gel there's not a single unit in the national football league that that can you know the sum can be greater than the whole of its parts like an offensive line they also have one new starter from last season i mean was dan moore jr there last year was mason cole there last year was james daniels there last year was chooks for there last year did any of those guys miss a game last year Yes, they were all there, and no, they did, they did not miss a game. That's my pessimistic view. The other side is, I know it took them a while to get going last year. And when they finally did, they were really able to run the football more successfully. So I'm willing to give them a little benefit of the day. It's, it's the weird balance of, of, of being an NFL fan, an NFL evaluator, is you want to grain of salt that the sample size still isn't huge even three games into the season while also knowing that it's only a 17 game season and that's just the nature of the beast is you don't have a huge sample size in football at any level I don't care if it's high school if it's college if it's yeah. NFL you you just don't have that many games they need more from Isaac Sayamalu, who who came over from the best offensive line in the National Football League for the last Great. last five years and was a was a not a massive, but still a big money free agent addition. They need James Daniels to be better. They need Mason Cole to be better. And yeah, they need Dan Moore Jr. and Chooks Akorfor to be better as well, too. Part of this as well, at times last season, it's weird, Chris, but go back and look at it. I realize I'm not saying that I would rather have Kevin Dotson than Isaac Sayamalu. I wouldn't. I would have signed up for Sayamalu a million times in the offseason. But a lot of times last year when they were running at their best man, Kevin Dotson was playing really well. That is that's his Very bread and that's his bread and butter is that interior run game. Um, and they just James Daniels hasn't been that. Mason Cole hasn't been that. Isaac Sayamalu hasn't been that. So again, that that one's tough for me because I can look at it and I can say, okay, you're bringing back four or five starters who were all healthy last season, and you added a dog, a big money guy in Isaac Sayamalu. I don't want to hear about all this chemistry and all that. You know, like you're working in three or four new starters of the offensive line. I also am willing to give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. Um, because they played so much better down the stretch last year than they did at the start of the season. And let's hope that that's something that they can get moving in the right direction here soon. 
Absolutely. I want to talk about the defensive line, too, with Wes Euler, and specifically what we're seeing out of Keanu Benton. I thought that this was a kind of a coming-out game for him a little bit. He had a sack, yeah. and he looked really good otherwise. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Steeler Nation Radio's Wes Euler. But first, before we do anything else, I want to remind you guys, this show is sponsored by Jace Medical. When you're, when you're dealing with Jace Medical, you can get their great product called the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace Case is fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of their board certified physicians. You get ongoing care from your physicians on any treatment related questions, doctor created and doctor recommended. Don't be caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to take to, for, to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluations to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Jace Medical is simple. You go online, fill out a form and when you get and, and you get a prescription, life saving medica- medications delivered right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Save more than $360 by getting life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical Plus and an additional $20 off by using our code LOCKEDON. It's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Wes Euler uh, from Steelers Nation Radio. Wes, I want to talk to you about this defensive front um, because they're still not, you know, overly dominant in stopping the run yet, you know, be, be, being honest about how, how, how they're playing. Um, and Cam Hayward not being there, certainly a hurt piece Big and certainly contributing to, 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 that, to that situation right now. On defense, they're giving up the uh, the, the 30th uh, most, uh, so you know, three spots from last from from last base or two spots from last base um, uh, against the run and 29th in yards per attempt. So they're still not anywhere near what they want to be. Granted, they did face probably two of the better running teams in the first two weeks of the season uh, and another talented back in Josh Jacobs just this past week. Uh, but I thought one thing that I saw from this defensive run that's very encouraging is that Keanu Benton looks like he's fitting in very well Boy, he's using he. his hands well he's getting lower leverage he's doing the things that i saw him do at wisconsin which mike tomlin has talked about is so important it's why that way back when when they drafted tj watt they had no doubt in their mind that he would fit into their defense because wisconsin runs the same defense as them and when you see goons out there they're most likely going to turn into goons for you that's why they're excited about nick herbig and that's why they were excited about keanu benton to me wes when i saw it and uh when, you know, everyone saw the swim move that he put on to get the sack it was a extremely clean looked efficient a huge play in the game but also on top of that there was a play where he drew a holding call there was another play where I, there were several other plays where i thought he was getting he was changing the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. he's doing these things as a as a rookie if he's able to if this is his baseline he could become that really dominant interior piece for the steelers for the long term and it's very early in his career to say that he will sure. be that but this i thought week three was a good setting up point for a really good rookie year for him yeah, the early returns are excellent, right, on Keanu Benton at a time where you've needed it. I mean, we can't say enough about what Cam Hayward means to that defense, but particularly that defensive line where 
other than him, it's a lot of younger, uh, and Larry O as well too, to be fair. But it, other than those two, it's a lot of younger, uh, more unproven, still on the rookie contracts, kind of trying to carve out their their um, you know their spot on an, on an NFL roster for a long term career. Uh, you know, guys like Benton, guys like Liao, guys like Loudermilk, um, guys like Adams, you know, who have, who have maybe been a little more journeymen in certain ways. You needed, obviously, someone to step up in the absence of Cam Hayward. Larry O had his moments, and man, particularly yes. against his old team, the Cleveland Browns, I thought he was great, particularly in the first half of that game on Monday night, really setting a tone um, for that Steelers defense. And Keanu Benton, you're right. I mean, he looks like a guy who is just getting it, just grasping it early on. They're not asking him to do much. Uh, you mentioned the kind of the continuity from what he was asked to do at Wisconsin to now in Pittsburgh. Uh, when you get to play with guys like Highsmith and Watt on 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 your on your ends as well, too, that certainly helps. Um, and yeah, I mean, he at times on Sunday night football against the Raiders looked like he was shot out of a cannon. Yeah. And that's that's gonna be big because you're gonna get Cam back at some point. But not this week, not next week, you know, not not really soon here. Um, you know, you hope sometime in, in October maybe, but that could still be five, six weeks away. Um, Keanu Benton is a guy that is looking a little bit more comfortable uh, all throughout camp, all throughout the preseason, now throughout the regular season as well too. You saw a little bit from him against the Niners and then a little bit more against the Browns and then obviously that big performance on Sunday night. You're right, Chris. The steel, I mean, as much as we talk about the run game struggles on offense, that's maybe the one thing that the defense is still left desired as well, too, is mm-hmm. week one was week one. I mean, it's not to excuse it. It's not to say it didn't happen, but the Niners are the Niners, and you know what? It was just one of those games. Bleep happens, right? And bleep happened week one against the Niners. Right. But Nick Chubb was having his way until he exited the game. At times, Josh Jacobs on Sunday night was having his way. Now you end, he ends with what, 64, 65 yards, I think it was, and, and you'll take yeah. that. For, for him, you, you right. limited one of the better backs in the league to, to less than 70 yards, and I think he had 17 carries, so it wasn't like he had limited touches either. But you got to have that a little more consistently. Jacobs still had his moments on Sunday night where he was, mm-hmm. where he was running the ball, where the Raiders were running the ball successfully. Um, for this defense to really, truly be elite. Like they've shown through the last two weeks at times, um, if you want to be a defense that can be maybe the best in the NFL and can win games for this team consistently and can particularly do it down the stretch when the weather gets cold and all the tickets are sold in December and January when playoffs are on the line and hopefully you find yourself in the postseason, you've got to be able to dominate that line of scrimmage like we've talked about on offense, but on defense as well too. Uh, if they're going to get to that point, you're going to need a healthy Cam Hayward back, certainly. But you're going to continue to need uh, to need more of what we've seen from Keanu Benton, and hopefully that arrow is pointing straight up for him. I, I think that that's the big key: is can that arrow stay pointed up for him, and can it lead to more success? Because as much as offensive chemistry is needed on the offensive line, to them to, to understand when to combo block, when to do the things that Mike Tom was talking about, chemistry is needed for the defensive line too. Knowing how to counteract with what different offenses like to do, knowing how to support each other in the right moments, and not just with the defensive line, but also how the linebackers fit in, which we know, as we know, is an all new group. That stuff takes time. But again, if the Steelers can continue to stack wins while we're saying while they're building on offense and building on defense, like if we're talking about after if we're going into the bye week, Wes, and we're talking about the Steelers being four and one and three and two, and they and we're talking about they've made progress with each game, but they're not there yet. They are on track to be a much better team by the end of the season, which is, again, why going into this year, my point always was 
This is not the year. This is not the, the, the window is open for Super Bowl year. This is the year where they set that window up for the future. And you build it by week after week getting better. And sometimes you might take a leap. Sometimes there might be a revelation like, oh, they something has really clicked. But most weeks, like this past week, are going to be incremental, small yeah. changes, small improvements. To, and if you stack them, just like Kenny Pickett stacked good practices and then stacked good preseason games, if you stack them in the regular season, they build up to you becoming a better team in the games that matter. And potentially, they, if they keep winning football games and they're better by then, they'll be ready to win the big games. The last five games are going to be really competitive at the end of the season with some of the opponents they have lined up. And if they make the playoffs, they can be ready to take on their first opponent. That's why we keep talking about this progress here. Uh, Wes, any final yeah. thoughts there on yeah, that? Yeah, just to piggyback off what you said, last thing here, I think you're absolutely right. And that's what they weren't able to do last year, right? Last year, you, you looked up and you were, what, 2-6 and six or 3-6 and six at the yeah. bye week, whatever it was, and you played so much better down the stretch, and you were able to finish with a winning record and have a chance to make the playoffs the last week of the season, which says a lot, but you had just you just dug yourself too deep of a hole at that point, right, Chris? Mm -hmm. I, I used to have a hockey coach growing up who used to tell us all the time, you can't win a game in the first period, but you can lose one in the first period, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you come back in here after the first intermission, and we're down three nothing, four nothing. That game might be over. We might have lost the game. Last year, the Steelers lost themselves a, a playoff spot in the first half of this. They just couldn't yeah. dig out of that hole. Make no mistake about it. This year, it's not about playing their best football in September. It's not about being the complete product in October. It's about keeping your head above water that when you get to November and you're hopefully hitting your stride and you're playing your best football and it's crunch time like it was last season. You're not digging yourself out of a hole. You're like you're set. You're you're five and three. You're four and four. You're you know you're you're five and four, six and four, something like that. When you get to you know that time when the holiday season's upon us, and, and then all of a sudden you hit your stride, and then all of a sudden you start playing your best football, and all your goals are right in front of you. Still, you're not digging yourself out of that. That's the thing. You're never like only a couple teams come flying out of the gate like the Chiefs and like the Niners, right? I mean, even the Eagles, they won, but they struggled mightily in their first two games before really looking like the Eagles again on Monday Night Football down in Tampa Bay. Just look up in November, have a winning record, have everything to play still in front of you. That's the realistic goal for where the Steelers are at now on their team timeline. Don't be 2-6 and six or 3-6 and six like you were last year. Be 5-3 and three, and then look up and start playing your best football and really go get after it. And right now you're two and one, and you got a chance to go get another victory on the road down in Houston. And then you got Baltimore coming before the bye week. I mean, you're right. If you're four and one or you're three and two heading into your bye week, as opposed to where you were last year, that makes the world of difference because you've still got plenty of room for improvement, but you haven't dug yourself that hole like you did last year. He's Wes Euler of Steeler Nation Radio. Find him at Wes Wesley Euler on Twitter. Find him on all the West Virginia podcasts that even possibly <laughs> possibly exist in the gun, all the shows that he does there. Wes, thanks so much for joining us here in the Lockdown Steelers buddy. podcast. Thank you all for tuning in to the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com. And check me out here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast as well as the North Shore Drive podcast for the Post-Gazette. Wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you watch your podcasts on YouTube, thanks again for tuning in. We'll be back Thursday with crossover. Thursday, getting ready for Steelers versus Texans this, this weekend, tomorrow on the Thursday episode.